our youngins want to go to children's church. Miss Carrie's making her way over to the Welcome Center. If y'all would just come, they're coming from the balcony and around, and she'll wait for you and get you on over to children's church. Know it's going to be a great time back there. I'm really glad that uh, me and Winston stayed up late last night working on that high note there. I, I, I think I got him almost there. What do y'all think? <laughs> I know you appreciate my help, don't you, brother? I tell you. Bible says to bear one another's burdens, so we do that, but no. Oh, me, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart was rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Amen. Anybody grateful for the cross this morning? Amen. I am too. Thank you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And if you would find your way to verse 13, uh, if you have a copy of God's Word there with you, please have that. If not, uh, they'll be on the screen for you, and uh, you'll be able to follow along that way as well. So uh, I wanted to just uh, share today with you from these verses as we uh, wrap up um, chapter Two of Second Thessalonians. If you found your place physically able, let's stand together in honor reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Notice what God's Word says to us this morning. It says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would add your blessing to the reading of your word today. And I pray, God, that you would remind me fresh that this pulpit is a place for the preacher to die so that others can live. May people find new life in you today, Lord. And may you receive glory from all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Today I'm speaking to you on the blessing of being a child of God. Just for a moment, let's look at our journey through this second chapter to remind us where we've been. We, I said in the welcome today, for four weeks we talked about developments of the last days. We talked about things that uh, God the Holy Spirit spoke into the heart of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Paul was the human vehicle that was used to pen these words from God that were God breathed into his soul. They are words for you and I today as they have been for every generation preceding us to remind us of what the word teaches us about things and events that will take place prior to the returning of our Lord. 
We talked about how there would be time of great falling away and that the man of sin would be revealed. We know him to be the Antichrist. We talked pretty in-depthly about uh, the work and the things of the Antichrist, his agenda, how the world will be drawn to him, but how he will ultimately reveal his uh, wicked, devilish character and that will certainly bring great tribulation to our world. We also talked about some things about what it would be like, how the Lord is sovereign, how he's above in all things, and how he would literally destroy him with the word of his mouth. Then we finished up last week in those sessions talking about the strong delusion that will come upon those left on the earth after the rapture of the church, those who have heard the gospel on this side but have continually rejected receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and how during that period of time they will receive strong delusion and how they will believe the lie, the lie being that the Antichrist is God and not the true authentic Christ. So it would be very sad times, very sad events. But I really like the way the Lord directed the heart and the pen of the Apostle Paul in the verses we're reading today. Some wonderful news we see about being a child of God. And I want you to notice some things that take place in these verses and I want to make some observations today that I hope will be a blessing and help you in your journey because I want you to know that's my heart and goal every time I stand here before you is to give you something from God's word not my word or anybody else's word, but God's word that will be something that will help you and encourage you because we all live between Sundays, amen? Between Sundays and between Sundays and Wednesdays, you need something from God's word that's gonna help you keep walking with him. If you're here today and you're a child of God, you've repented of your sins and you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to know there is great comfort and what we'll be talking about today because the other verses weren't very comforting. Amen? whole lot of bad news there. But I want you to know the thing that makes the gospel so awesome, the good news, what gospel literally means is because there is so much bad news, we need the good news of the gospel and that is that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Amen? And I'm grateful he did that for you and I. So let's look in the text today and let's see what the Bible teaches us about the blessing of being a child of God. In verse 13, I want you to notice that he speaks to us and helps us understand that one of the blessings is is that we have been chosen by God himself. Now think about that. Chosen by the sovereign God of the universe. Of the seven billion people on this planet, God has chosen you. If you're a child of God, called you out, to be his child. When we talk about the word chosen, I believe there's some important things to understand. Walk through verse 13 with me. He said, we are bound to give thanks to God always for you. I don't know about you, but I love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't you? Amen, okay, just checking. Does anybody else love the church, amen? Listen, I love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and here's what I know about the church. The church is imperfect. The church is not ever gonna be perfect. The church is imperfect people who have just been saved by an awesome, perfect God. 
So Paul was saying, I am giving thanks always for you. That thanks is birthed out of a relationship that he had uh, vertically with God and he had horizontally with other believers. I love the church. I really do. I love the body of Christ and I am so glad that in his sovereignty he has chosen me to be a part of that body. He said, you are my brethren beloved of by the Lord. Because God from the beginning chose you, and how did he choose you? Well, there are three parts here, and we're going to talk about each one. He said he chose you for salvation. Aren't you glad that it's the will of God that all would come to repentance? We talked about this some last week from 1 Peter chapter 3 and from 1 Timothy chapter 2, how that it is the will of God that all sinners would come to repentance. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, I want you to know, regardless of what anybody else has told you, regardless of what you saw on TV or you heard from great granny's third cousin twice removed, I want you to hear me today that the word of God is clear as it is that the will of God that all would come to repentance and that Jesus Christ went to the cross for whosoever will. Amen? I really believe that. But when we read these things, we understand he says you have been chosen for salvation. Now, if you've got your Bible open, I never ask y'all to do this much, and you don't have to because you've got a free will to choose. Amen? But uh, uh, just do a little field tripping with me a little bit, and Ephesians chapter 1 helps us understand some things about this. Ephesians chapter 1, just a few pages to your left in your New Testament, verse 3 says these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Amen. That's some good words today, isn't it? To know that you have been chosen uh, by the Lord. What has he chosen you for? He has chosen you that you might become a child of the Most High God and that you might do so by repenting of your sins and trusting in his shed blood on Calvary's cross to be sufficient to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Amen? The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He has chosen us to receive the glorious free gift of salvation. But now, Paul didn't stop there in verse 13. He said he's chosen you for salvation through sanctification. Uh, sanctification's a big old fancy word, and it means some very important things to you as a child of God. If you're here today and you're a child of God, here's what happened the moment you got saved. The moment you repented of your sins and trusted Jesus as Savior, you were put in perfect position with a sovereign, holy God. Can you believe that? Well, I mean, perfect position. You were positionally sanctified immediately the moment you believed. That's some good news, amen? Because some people think that you have to be repent, believe, and do something else. Well, baby, I want you to know today, when you repent and place your faith in Jesus Christ, immediately you are put in perfect position and with a holy and sovereign God. But across your journey, I want to say to you today, I thank God for my journey. 
Anybody else with me today? There have been some times on my journey I wasn't very happy. There were some times in my journey I felt like God had just took me out to the, to the garbage dump and forgot me. Amen? There are some times that I would call on God and wait to hear from God and the silence from heaven was deafening. Anybody else? I like this little drawer right here. I got all kind of rags. I'm good now, okay? I won't run out, all right? Look here. There have been so many times in my journey that I wondered, wait a minute, am I really going in the right direction? Am I doing the right things? Am I hearing from God? Well, all of that was a part of the second part of sanctification, which is your progressive sanctification. In my journey, 35 years in ministry, almost 30 as a pastor, I've had some times that I wanted to quit. Anybody else? Uh, there have been so many times that I just said, you know what, God, I have made a mess. When I was about 12 years into pastoring, I, I made a deal with God. I told God, I said, you know what, I'm no good at this. I need to do something else. I need to work in some other area of ministry. I made a deal with God, and, and, and I thought I had it all worked out good. Didn't y'all? Y'all ever done that? Just made a little verbal contract with God. And I told God, I said, here's what I'll do. I, I'm really not a good pastor, and it's very clear I'm not, and there's been plenty of people to remind me that I'm not, and that's okay. But I said, you know what, I'm not a very good pastor, so I probably just need to serve another staff position or something else on the church staff and just kind of be a support to the pastor and help him out. So, God, if you just open a door for me in that area, that'd be good, and I'd be happy, and you would too. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes God lets us go, don't he? He lets us kind of have what we ask for sometimes. Amen? So here's what God did. God did. He gave me an opportunity, and I took it, and I moved away from that pastorate, never to ever be the lead pastor again. Never. Uh-uh. No, sir. No way. I mean, nope, going to keep everybody at arm's length. You're not getting close to me. You're not going to know my feelings. You're not going to know my thoughts. We're just going to do ministry at a distance. I was trying to practice social distancing in ministry before it became cool, amen? So anyhow, so that's what I'm gonna do. But you know what God did? God gave me exactly what I asked for. He put me in a church I was serving on staff. I was doing Sunday school and education and evangelism and missions and all this stuff. And I was just, this is just right, Lord. But here, and he, you know what he did though? He put some people around me that really prayed for me and really loved me for the, I felt like really in a long, first time in a long time, some church people liked me and they loved me and they, and they really helped me and, and, and they made me brownies. That's what happened to me. It's all their fault, right? I told y'all this one sweet lady, Miss Sandra Southern, she was like a mama to me in Cartersville, Georgia and, and she'd make these brownies and they were called symphony brownies. They were made with symphony candy bars in them. I told her, I said, I don't know what you make them with, but I tell you every time I eat them, my tongue breaks forth in a hallelujah chorus, amen? It's a symphony in my heart. But God put some people around me. Here's what began to happen. God began to reconfirm into my heart that even though I had thought I made a deal with God how I could still serve him and him be okay with me and me be okay with him, that he put some people around me that confirmed in my heart that I was out of place that God had not called me to serve in that capacity, but he allowed me the opportunity so he could get me where he wanted me. He could break me down and get my attention 
And when he got my attention, I'll never forget it, February the 19th, 2006, in my living room floor in Taylorsville, Georgia, I was crying tears, and I don't cry much, but I was crying tears that went down my, was filling the floor, and it was one of the few times my children had ever seen me cry anything. But God broke me, sitting right there watching a video of Phillips, Craig, and Dean sing When God Ran. Y'all ever heard that song? Oh, when God ran to me, and he took me in his arms, and he reminded me that I'm his son. And he said, son, you've got to go serve in the capacity for which I called you. And can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, that was part of my sanctification where he broke me and brought me where I needed to be. He reminded me that my feet are set upon a rock. And I need to go sing a new song that many would see it in fear and put their trust in God. He brought me up out of the miry clay. He brought me up out of the pits. It is God who brings us forth. He did it for me, brother. He'll do it for you. But I'll tell you my favorite part of sanctification, Miss Connie. It's not the progressive part's a little painful because the progressive part is where God has to straighten us out when we get sideways. Amen? There's coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. There's coming a day when we will experience the third phase of sanctification, which is called perfect sanctification. No, positionally, I'm glory bound. Not because of me, but because of what Jesus did on Calvary in my place. Progressively, I'm on the journey and I'm listening to heaven's call. I'm listening to the voice of God and I'm seeking his face that in my journey I might bring glory to him. Oh, but someday, brothers and sisters, someday we will meet him in the air. And when we meet him in the air, we will see him face to face we will see him as he is. And then we will receive an inheritance like we've never imagined. Oh, I was singing about it in the shower this week. I know that scares y'all. But I remember this old, this old song. I think it was page 134, the old red back hymnal. It said, I'll have a new home of love eternal with the redeemed of God to stand. Y'all remember that? There'll be no more sorrow. No more pain. There'll be no more strife. Oh, raised in the likeness of my Savior, ready to live in glory land. I'll have a new. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new. Oh, we got some Southern Baptists in the house today, right? I'll have a new body. I'll have a new life. And you know what? I love so much about the new one is I won't have to worry about carbohydrates anymore. I won't have to worry about sugar intake. I won't have to worry about getting enough water. I won't have to worry about all this stuff. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, all will be joy, all will be glory in the sweet by and by when we get a new body and a new life. But he also says that you've been chosen by the Spirit. If you kept your place there in Ephesians 1, just drop down a few verses, Okay. Ephesians 1, look down about verse 13. In him, speaking of Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed, oh, I love this, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, who is he? Here he is, verse 14. Who is the guarantee? The earnest, okay? The guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Oh, church, we could stop right there and have count meeting, couldn't we? Hey, he says you've been chosen for salvation. You've been chosen through sanctification and you have been chosen by his spirit. What's so important about his spirit? Well, it is his spirit that convicted me of my sin. It is his spirit that landed on a church pew on March 15, 1981, a 10-year-old boy, I was 10 years one day old. It was his spirit that landed on that church pew, got up next to me, nudged my heart to listen to what my preacher was saying. As I listened to what the preacher said, here's what the preacher told me. The preacher told me that I was a sinner. I didn't like that. Preacher told me that I couldn't get to heaven on my own. I didn't like that either. Preacher told me I could never be good enough in a hundred lifetimes. I, mean, I never could be good enough, and, and, and that was bad. But then he, then he told me the good news. He told me, he said, but there is a way, and his name is Jesus Christ. And as I listened to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and as I listened to the moving of the Spirit of God, I didn't know who he was. Did you know who the Holy Spirit was the first time he spoke to you? No, you didn't know. I didn't know, but I'm so glad he knew me. Oh, and he she sought me out and he hounded me down and he made me aware that I was a sinner. And then he did something really awesome. He didn't just save me, but he sealed me. Y'all know something I don't do anymore? I bet you don't either. I do not lick envelopes anymore. If you still lick envelopes, there's counseling available after church. No, just kidding. If you lick envelopes, God bless you. You're brave. I don't lick envelopes. I used to do that all the time when I was younger, did you? Ain't nothing about it. Some of y'all are like, no, we never did that. We're more spiritual than you, Brent. But I found out just a little tape, a little dab doo you know, a little tape worked good. But I, I tell you what, I know I got me some of them envelopes that I really like. It's got that little strip you pull off of it. Hey, man, somebody just, somebody just woke up, all right? And that little strip, and when you seal that baby down there, guess what it is? Seal. Seal. And you know what? It takes something to think about what God would do for you and I. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of God, the same Holy Spirit that convicted us, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave. Hey, did you hear that? the one that raised Jesus from the grave, the same Holy Spirit that swept into the upper room and gave life to the church in the book of Acts, the same Holy Spirit that is alive and working and dwelling in the hearts of believers today is not only working and dwelling in you, he has sealed you, and when your day comes, you are sealed to the day of redemption. To God be the glory, amen? We've been chosen by God. Let's move on a little further, okay? Y'all all right out there? All right, just check we must also heed the calling of God. Look at verse 14, if you will. To which you were called by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heed the calling of God. I know what you say. God hadn't called me to do anything. 
Oh, really? No, no, God calls preachers and pastors and evangelists and and he calls people to serve in capacities such as teachers and deacons and things. Uh, preacher, I'm just, I, I don't have anything to offer and I don't have, God's not calling me to do anything. Well, one, you do have something to offer. You know why? Because the Bible tells me that God's gifted all of his children. Amen? You do have something to offer. And second of all, the second thing, yes, God is calling the question is, is will you listen and will you respond? Amen. God is calling. You are gifted. He wants you to listen to his voice and he wants you to respond. Notice the source of our calling as he talks about there in verse 14. Reminds me of a verse in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 where Paul tells the church to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Let me tell you something about being calling and serving as a leader for Christ. I saw something not too long back said that if being a servant is beneath you, then being a leader is beyond you. What kind of leadership did Jesus practice? Servant leadership. I saw you, I thought back in my memory, and I tell you, I've got a really good memory right now, and uh, sometimes it's a blessing, sometimes it's a curse. But here's one of them blessings, right? The very first day I went to first grade, Cleaver County Elementary School, people say, you remember that? Oh, yeah, if you'd had Barbara Johnson, you'd remember it too, amen? <laughs> and you can tell her I said that because she'll believe it, amen? Send her the video, okay. Yeah, you won't forget that. But I'll tell you something I remember. Going to the lunchroom. Winston, I don't know how it was for you, but the first time I went in that lunchroom, it was the biggest room I'd ever been in in my life. I'd never seen a room that big. Now, it don't look that big now because I've grown into it. But it, <laughs> I remember walking into that lunchroom going, golly. And it had the big long tables and the old hospital colored green chairs. Remember those? That they stacked up, you know. And, and I remember going through the line. And I remember, and I began to meet some new friends. I didn't know they'd be my friends, but after six years, they were. Boy, I tell you, Miss Maylene Robinson and Miss Ruth Campbell. Boy, I loved Ruth Campbell. Boy, she was my buddy. And I did. I made buddies with the lunchroom people. That was, and I resemble that comment. But anyhow, I, uh, but I remember when we got done and we had to go put our tray up. I never went through and put the tray up. Do you know who was standing up there by the trash can? Helping first graders know how to where to put their fort, where to put their plate, and where to put their trash. The principal, Mr. Yule Parker. Y'all remember Mr. Yule? Well, I loved that man. You know, when I started preaching, he called me the crop dusting preacher. Before I became a pastor, he said, Boy, you've got it made now. Just keep coming in there, dusting them crops, and take off before they got time to get you, you know. But I remember Mr. Parker standing there and he took each first grader's tray. And he said, okay, here's where your trash goes. Here's where your tray goes. Here's where your fork goes. And i never forget, we had those little, my favorite, little small tenfold pecan pies. Hallelujah. Boy, when you had them, it was a good day. Lunch was 60 cents. i never forget that, $3 a week. And i never forget those pecan pies because I done wolfed mine down and talked two people out of theirs. All right? Girls look at him and go, ooh, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's terrible. You'll hate it. I, let, me, let me take that for you. I'm, let me protect you. 
I was a, you know, I can't, I couldn't sell ice water in the desert, but I tell you, I could talk you out of your pecan pie. But I, I remember I had a couple on my tray. And Mr. Parker said, how'd you end up with two? I said, well, he said, take them with you, son. They'll be good for after supper tonight. What he don't know is they never made it to the house. Because <laughs> I had to walk home, and you know what? I needed some, some nourishment for the journey. But he, No, but I'll never forget the principal who could have been doing whatever came and served first graders. That stuck with me and that reminds me. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it's very important we understand that our calling is to be servants of the Most High God regardless of where that is, what that is, or how that is. That is what he's called us to do. And we find some security in our calling because he said it was to obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I gotta move quick, huh? Got to move quick. Notice with me in verse 15. We must live with convictions from the word of God. Look at verse 15 again. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. What's some things he's telling us we've got to do? Well, he's telling us we've got to stand fast. Why do we have to do that? Because so much is at stake. Friend, can I remind you why God placed the church in this world. He placed the church in this world to be salt and light. He placed the church in this world to make a difference for the glory of God. He didn't put us in this world to get along, to be along. He put us in this world to stand firm and fast on the word of God. We know Ephesians chapter 6 tells us about the whole armor of God and here's what the apostle Paul said to do. He said, having done all to stand, lay down. Having done all to stand, just give up. Having done all to stand, just fold your tent and go to the house. No, he said, having done all to stand, stand. When you've given all and you've done all you can do, that's what he's saying. You've got to keep standing fast. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, the Bible tells us, he says, my beloved brethren, stand therefore, he said, submit yourselves to God and stand for the glory of God and never give up on what he's called you to do. He tells us we're to hold firm. He says you're to hold the traditions. Boy, I like that word, don't you? which you were taught, whether by our word or by our epistle. Let's talk about tradition for a minute. Baptist folks are very familiar with the word tradition, aren't they? Baptist folk like to hold on to a lot of tradition. They have nothing to do with the Bible. They have nothing to do with the Great Commission. They're just the way they want things done. They're nothing by divine revelation, but here's the tradition Paul's telling us the things that have been handed down to you for the glory of God and from the hand and heart of God to yours, he says you need to hold firm to those things. Friday I had the privilege to speak at FCA for pregame with our team before the game and I talked to them about what happened with Elijah after he had called fire from heaven. He called fire from heaven and man, he was on top of the clouds. He, he came off of Mount Moriah. He outran a team of horses for 18 miles to the gates of Jezreel. Man, I tell you, he was on top of the world until he got one word from old Jezebel. She's gonna kill him. And he went and ran and hid and laid down under a juniper tree. He started blaming God. He started feeling sorry for himself. 
God came by with the angel of the Lord and buzzed him and said, it's time for you to get up. He says, you need to eat, you need to drink, for the journey ahead is too great for you. You cannot do it on your own. There's some times, ladies and gentlemen, that God just has to nudge us and tell us that we need to get up and we need to stand up and we need to step out. I told our young men, I said, look here, too many guys follow the crowd. Too many guys just go along to be alone. Too many guys are more interested in being cool than they are faithful to God. And I said, he is telling you today what you need to do regardless of your age, whether you're young or whether you're in the middle or whether you're old. It is time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to get up. It is time for us to step up and it is time for us to realize that God put us in this world to stand out, not fit in. God help us. And then finally, let me leave you today with verse 16 and 17. We can also find comfort in the Son of God. Don't you love these words? He said, now. I mean, basically, since I've said all this, I want you to hear what I gotta say. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself personally and may God the Father who has loved us and given us everlasting comfort and consolation and good hope by grace. He's talking about our source of hope. Who is the source of our hope? Well, we know it's right here in the scripture. He tells us the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, the source of our hope. You know, our country's fractured right now. Does anybody agree with that? Our country's fractured. Our country's broken down a lot of different lines. I'm not a political preacher. I don't get involved in politics. I don't do Facebook rants. I don't get involved in fussing and fighting over what people think. Y'all know I'm just that's just not who God's called me. And he ain't called you to be that either, in case you're wondering. He ain't called none of us to be that. But here's what he has called us to do. He has called us to be faithful and to remember the source of our hope. I think regardless of where you line up or regardless of how you believe or what your political convictions are or whatever they might be, I have a real candidate that I think deserves all of our vote. No, 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 he's not a Democrat or Republican. He's not a donkey or an elephant. He's the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I tell you, I remember the cathedrals used to sing about him. They'd say he's higher than the highest. He's greater than the great. No one will ever take his crown away. He's more mighty than the mightiest. He reigns from above. He is the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion of love. And ladies and gentlemen, in these turbulent and trying times, may this preacher be a voice into your heart and mind. May the Spirit of God bear witness of it being true is that you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life don't get caught up in what's going on around you just keep looking up to who's above you and keep trusting the one that lives within you amen because he will never lead you wrong and he is the all time undisputed undefeated champion of love and he's our strength and help with me notice there in verse 17 may he comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work look focus on those words for a minute establish you in every good work. Friend, do you know as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in these trying and turbulent times, we're going to be focused on doing the right things. We're going to be focused on doing good things. We're going to be focused on doing good works and giving out a good word.
but there are going to be many times that you are going to be challenged to compromise and you're going to be challenged to quit doing that very thing. That's why we need God to establish us firmly and be our strength and be our help. The psalmist said these words, Psalm 121, you know well, and I remind you often. He said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. <laughs> Ain't y'all glad to know that today? Hey, my help comes from the Lord. You know, the, the Lord has used this church to do many wonderful things in this community and be a blessing to many people around us here in our neighborhood around the street, cross street. He's used us to be a blessing across this country and around the world in many places. But I want you to know if we ever forget that our help comes from the Lord, if we ever start thinking that it's because of us and not because of him, he can pull the plug on us. He is not have to bless us. Did you know that? He is not required to bless us but we cannot make it a day without his blessing. It is a blessing to be a child of God, amen? It is a blessing to be a child of the most high God. Today, are you his child? If not, friend, hear me. As my old friend Matt Edwards used to tell me, he said, preacher, go throw that life preserver of the gospel out and may lost people grab a hold of the life preserver of the gospel. That's what we're doing today. And if you're not a child of God, we're throwing the life preserver. It's not Heflin Baptist Church. It's not the preacher. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We plead with you to come to Jesus today. If you are a child of God, man, you ought to be rejoicing. You ought to go home and just have a hallelujah fit. Amen. You can have one in the parking lot. Doesn't matter to me. Have one right now. I ain't scared. Amen. I've been to a couple of camp meetings in my time. Amen. Sawdust on the floor. Woo. Amen. Don't scare me. Don't shake me up. I believe it's a little time that we do allow God to shake us up. It's a blessing to be a child of God. Pray with me. Father, we love you. And Father, I know sometimes we struggle tremendously to maintain our focus there's so much static in our world so many voices competing for our attention we struggle but Father today I pray we've dialed in clearly with you and we realize that we can't make it without you now maybe today's a day some person some boy, some girl, some man, some woman just realize I'm missing those blessings that the preacher talked about because I've yet to surrender to God and become his child Lord we love you we thank you for first loving us and I pray God you receive glory through the decisions that will be made for you today in Jesus name amen and amen let's stand to our feet just a moment. Marty's going to lead us in this course. It just says, I need you more. More than ever before. More than the air I breathe. More than the song I sing. More than my next heartbeat. More than anything. 
Church, I want to tell you, that's the truth today. The day we forget to remember that is the day we can miss his greatest blessing. Marty, you lead us when you're ready, and you come as God speaks to you today, friend. Let's truly make us our prayer this morning. I need you more, Lord. I need you more, more, more than yesterday. Jesus for speaking to us today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you. While you're being seated, our ushers are coming. And I want to encourage you today to be faithful and giving. Let's end our month strong. Uh, this last Sunday of the month, so let's end strong today and have a good day of giving, sacrificially, cheerfully, joyfully, and all those words that tell us the manner and the attitude with which we give. And always remember this at giving time. It's a time of worship. 
It's not a time to begrudge or feel like you're losing something, but you're investing something. Because here's what God's allowed you to be a part of if you're his child. He's allowed you to be a part of his family and he's allowed you to be a part of the church, which is something that the scripture tells us hell itself can't stop. Amen? I mean, Jesus was very clear. I'll build my church on this rock. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So you're making investments in eternity. You're being a part of God's plan for touching the world with the gospel through missions and ministry. It's just a joy to be able to have the privilege to give today. So as you give today, you give for the glory of God, okay? Join us together as we ask God's blessings. Guys, let me just remember something uh, real quick, just a couple of things before we leave out today. Uh, if you do have your old Sunday school literature and you want to donate that, this being the last Sunday of the quarter, uh, there's a collection box. Is there one in the foyer or just in the library? If you uh, don't, if you want to donate it, stuff, you can leave the welcome center, or you can just leave it in the back there on the table. We'll collect it, get it to the library. They're going to make that delivery soon. Thank you for those donations because it does continue to help people who may not have access to these materials like we do, and we're blessed to be able to do that. Okay, choir's going to practice at 4:30 today, so it's important, guys, y'all get there today because next week's Labor Day weekend. There won't be any practice uh, next week. Um, do continue to remember, of course, in our church family community, we know there's many cases of COVID around us, and we're trying to learn how to live with this thing best we can. But lift up those you know that need our prayers and pray for God to move supernaturally in this situation. I, I still believe God. I still believe he's Jehovah Rapha, don't you? 
I still believe he's God our healer and I'm trusting God to do that so do remember that and of course for lead day I hope you notice um, got us a nice new pulpit one of my favorite teammates one of the hardest working guys I ever played ball with old Jason Braden built this thing and um, I love Jason he done a great job and when you see him, you tell him what a good job he did because I'm telling you, he, he's quite a perfectionist, you know. He, I'm, I'm sure you can put a level on every one of these lines down through here. They're exactly perfect, perpendicular and parallel and all those fancy words. But anyhow, uh, it was just great to be able to get him to do that. And it's beautiful. I think it actually thinks we're really good and uh, it makes a little noise, amen. Get y'all attention, amen. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's, it, 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 sweat rag drawer, yep, got that going. So anyhow. No, um, it's just um, you never know when you're growing up and you're trying to make friends and all that kind of stuff. You never know how God's going to circle those friends back around in your life and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so it's just a real blessing. And something about me and Bobby, you talked about several times those guys you sweat and bled with and sweated on and bled on and stepped on each other's feet and got on each other's case and it was hot in August and all that. Turn out to be some guys that you'd go jump in the foxhole in Afghanistan with if you had to. Amen. Just really, really special. So uh, I'm just very grateful. But church, I want you to know how much you mean to me. I want you to know how much, how thankful I am for you. Um, every morning, from begin my day, uh, thinking about what God wants to do through this church and how people are doing. And uh, we try our best to keep up with every me and my de our deacons just to do a tremendous job try to keep up with everything we can you will not believe how it has been somewhat overwhelming in the past year and a half and that's been true to everybody but just know we love you and whatever we can do to help we're right here to do that uh, and sometimes we don't know about things until it's over or too late and then it's like golly sorry preacher but yeah that's all good though uh, I've been doing it a long time but we got a great church and y'all have been such a blessing to me and I appreciate your patience and one thing I've been telling folks this week, I heard somebody say it, it's not an original thought with me. I've not had any of those in my life, but I do have to come off people who have a lot of wisdom. He said, in times like these, we need to give each other a little bit of space and a whole lot of grace. Amen? We need to show grace to everybody in every way we can because nobody knows what this afternoon holds, much less tomorrow, but we do know who holds this afternoon and tomorrow and eternity. Amen? We used to sing a little song when I was a little boy called He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. You remember that? He's got you and me, brother. He's got, you know, the whole wide world in his hands. So you remember that as you pray and worship today. Six o'clock Wednesday night for everybody. Let's stand together if you would. Don't forget, church, I love you. There's not a thing you can do about it. Amen. Marty's going to sing us out, and I'm going to go around and catch y'all out front. Look forward to talking with you out there. I'm so glad. And I'm a part. Oh, uh -huh.